Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you know what some people actually said before wrestling fans returned to wrestling shows? Wrestling is better without people in the crowd. Are you kidding me? What the hell is wrong with you? If you had this impression and if you just need some evidence, well, look at any show from the past two weeks, but in a topical sense, just go and watch SmackDown from last night. My word, it was like everybody was happier than they'd ever been in their entire life. But it's true, you can have a good segment that all of a sudden becomes great because of this noise, and you can have crappy segments that go, this is fine, just because people are roaring their heads off. But it doesn't always equate to the ups, and sometimes it does mean you're getting a down, which is very happy for me, Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, because it is ups and downs, the show we get the good person up and the bad bits are down, and we're going to do it for the latest episode of Smack It Down to find out whether WWE smashed it or whether they crapped their pants. Let's up those downs. Tying into that intro, my word, John Cena is just having the time of his life. He came out to start SmackDown and the ovation he received was ridiculous. You could just see how pleased he was. It was painted all over his face. And he has transcended now. He has. He's like a rock, a stone cold, one of those kind of guys. People just love him and there wasn't one boo in the place. This was great as well because, of course, he was here to call out Roman Reigns. I don't know about you, obviously, because I'm me and I'm you, but Roman Reigns versus John Cena in the SummerSlam main event just comes across like a marquee match. It's like superhero versus supervillain, and it's absolutely something I want to see, so all of a sudden I'm invested, and we haven't even done anything yet. Cena also mentioned the Firefly Funhouse here, and how some people thought he was still trapped in it, so I suppose that is canon, but his main point of concern was to look down the barrel of a lens like I'm doing now and saying that he thinks WWE champion Roman Reigns sucks, and I was like, John, what the hell are you doing? You did. He then went full Cena and asked the fans whether they were on Team Jorts or Team Cargo Pants. But look, if you are going to get this much of a reaction, you could do whatever the hell you want. And the best part, just to tie it up into a nice, neat little package, is that because John Cena is so over, Roman Reigns is now extra hated. And while sometimes it's great to have shades of grey, well, I just prefer it like this. Instead of getting the tribal chief, though, Paul Heyman came out instead and simply said, look, John, the reason Roman Reigns isn't listening to you is because you're not worth hearing. And then in what must be the highlight of 2021 so far, Heyman started to sing John Cena's theme music 
And don't pretend we haven't done it. We've all done it. We're walking down the road going, do, 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 do. In the corner, you hear someone go, John Cena sucks. You're just having the time of your life. The point of all of it was that Roman will answer Cena on his time. And all of this just came across like a main event angle because of the crowd. And because we do have this kind of atmosphere in the arena, I actually thought it helped the Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman relationship too. They just come across... Like a couple of dicks. So honestly, if WWE was able to pull off this kind of thing in their opening promo every single week, then you wouldn't be able to argue that they shouldn't be doing it time and time again. And that's why it's getting up. It then turned out that WWE had decided that we had short attention spans. Because seven days ago, Finn Balor interrupted and beat up Sami Zayn. And I thought it was going to build to a big program at SummerSlam. But no, we were doing it right here, right now. And not only was this really good, but again, just to become a stuck record, the fans were enjoying this so much, it almost came across like a WrestleMania main event. And early on, Sami Zayn grabbed Finn Balor, and he was beating him up on the outside and throwing him into the barricade. But Finn didn't appreciate that, so we got back in the ring. He did this crazy flip dive, and once again, just... Didn't sound like an old man dying, it was just a lot of noise. And then just went at it with Zayn doing his job because he was getting booed from everywhere. And by the time he went for the halluva kick, the Finn Balor was able to reverse that into a sling blade. I was just like, man, I'm having a good time. I may as well have been by poolside drinking some kind of cocktail. This was wonderful. There was a top near fall after a blue thunder bomb. And yes, Michael Cole called it a Mishunoku driver, but I'm pretty sure he's just trying to wind us up by this stage. But you knew deep down in your heart of hearts that Finn Balor was never going to lose. Firstly, he's only just returned, so that would have been stupid. But also, too, Sami Zayn always loses. It's like you and I breathing. It's just a fact of life. So we just built to the Coupe de Gras and Balor getting his first victory since returning to the main roster. And I just had a smile on my face and joy in my heart. And you will not believe where this is going to go. Or at least I didn't. Sheesh. Baron Corbin then continued to be the best new character in WWE. And if you've been to CorbinFun.com, whatever the hell that website was called, if you do, it comes up with a message saying, sorry, you can't donate right now because of lack of funds, meaning this website is offline. Just brilliant, tremendous, bravo. He is just a mess, though, and said that any money he did get through crowdfunding has now been stolen to the point he had to get the smelly, stinky bus to SmackDown and he can't handle it. So many people are going, why doesn't he just use his WWE paycheck to get by? If you're a billionaire and you're living a billionaire's lifestyle and then you become a millionaire, you're not only probably going to struggle physically, but mentally, you're going to be freaking out. If nothing else, I just think Baron has this down to a T and it's far more fun than the character he was doing because he needed something new long may it continue things then got a little bit weird because big e was here and in the run-up to this episode of smackdown ww been shouting on social media oh we're gonna do a simulcast from the rolling loud festival which was really cool and one of the matches was gonna be big e versus apollo cruz i was like oh no big e's gone to the wrong place but apparently it just got canned. I really don't care though, because Big E came out to a thunderous roar here, as well as you deserve it, Chance. And he does deserve it. He is now Mr. Money in the Bank. I want him to cash in and become the WWE Universal Champion. It gets me excited in my tum-tum and it gets me excited in my toes. Crew soon interrupted because WWE, and he wanted to play top trumps here. Because he was like, well, while it's great that you have got the briefcase, I've got the Intercontinental Championship, so I win this one. And then it was like there was a big gust of wind backstage and everybody got blown out to ringside because all of a sudden Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode were here and so was Cesaro. <laughs> what the hell is going on? We also had Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura doing the whole down, down, down. And then when they all got in the ring, they just started to fight. And at one point, Biggie took out General Aziz and it was like, oh my gosh, he took out General Aziz. I don't really know what the point of this was. 
but I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Uh, we then headed to this festival, and man, does WWE need to do more things like this? Because we had the ring on the stage, and just had this sea of people. It looked completely different to anything you ever see, so all of a sudden, your eyes were having fun. My man Wale was here too, and what a great dude he is, and he did a tremendous job in introducing the Street Profits, and seeing Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford again walk down this rampway, as there was just so many bodies, they look like badasses. We're also going to do Angelo versus Chad Gable. And while this match was nothing to write home about, again, it was so novel. And I guess it was so gimmicky. I couldn't turn away. Up. It couldn't have gone more than four minutes. And I just want to take my bag of praise and pour it over Chad Gable because everything he does looks so good. I mean, he was doing suplexes and he was doing strikes and he was doing moonsaults where he lands on his flipping feet. I think this individual can do everything. We need to push him more. It kind of just ended after Chad had missed his flipping dippy doodah move because Angelo Dawkins had gave him the spine buster. And I bet if you were in that field, you would have watched this and been impressed to the point Maybe next Friday night you even tune in, and I assume that is the point. And you can copy everything I've just said for Carmella versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown women's title. Now, yes, WWE has fallen into this horrible pattern in the depths of hell where they just do rematches all the time, but when it's presented like this from the festival and the field and again everything I just talked about, you get a free pass. So the next one they do should absolutely be on the moon or something, because I think you get quite good coverage. And while you could telegraph this more than my receding hairline, what else did you want? Nobody wanted Carmella to win. Bianca Belair right now is just getting better and better and bigger and bigger. So she hit the KOD after teasing it throughout the thing and she won. I could. I please. I didn't want anything else. This feud does need to end now though. There is no justification you can give me as to why it can continue. So now I will keep an eye on social media all week, terrified. But that should be that new challenger, please. And then laugh like a five-year-old because sometimes I can't help it. But in his ruined state, Baron Corbin found Kevin Owens backstage and said, look, I'm really sorry about what I said on last week's episode of SmackDown. Can you please give me some money? And because KO is a good dude, he understood this. Also made a funny quip about Baron Corbin's shirt still having spaghetti stains on it. And he gave him some cash when in the corner, there was Knox and Shotzi in their tank and they fired a projectile and it hit Baron Corbin right in the groin. As it turned out, Homer Simpson was right. I think Ziggler and Rude then ran in and stole the money that Kevin Owens had given to Baron Corbin. So they're a couple of assholes. But I can only presume this is now building to Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin taking on Rudolph. And I didn't know I wanted that in my life, but I do. And I enjoyed this so much, I'm giving it up. I don't even care. Then Edge was here. The flipping reactions this man is now getting. Do you remember all that hoopla before WrestleMania? People are like, oh man, we better make Edge more edgy, ironically, because we think he's going to get booed. That person should be fired. Don't, don't fire him. I'd rather he had a job. Obviously, Edge started talking about Seth Rollins straight away because if it wasn't for him, he would now be standing here as the Universal Champion. But he gets where Seth is coming from. Edge has known to be evil. I mean, he started off in the brood and then he moved on to the Ministry of Darkness. And because 2021 is the strangest timeline, the Ministry of Darkness got a huge pop. I love fans. Like Magic Rollins was here too, looking like the ocean had just given birth to him. And while he did get a superstar-like reaction, that all changed change when he started to call Edge Grandpa Edge. And I don't know why that was funny either. Edge doesn't look like a grandpa at all. And technically you can be a grandpa when you're like 38, 40, but I was still giggling away because I have a massive problem. Seth is just sick and tired of seeing the likes of Edge and John Cena returning though. So to make up for it, he is now going to crush the rated R superstar's dream. 
That's essentially what he did at Money in the Bank. He really did cost him the gold. Rollins then talked about the fact that he could have ended Edge's career seven years ago. And while he made the mistake of not doing it then, this time round, he's gonna pull the trigger. And given that ending Edge's career means re-breaking his neck, Seth Rollins just told us that he is going to murder Adam Copeland. What the hell is going on? Understandably, they then started to fight before Seth Rollins bailed because he is the bad guy. And the only problem we are going to have is inevitably, this crowd sound is gonna die down. That's just the way of things. And then I am going to be a sad panda. But as for right now, it truly rocks. Tony Storm, their debut on SmackDown, I tell you, this show was on a roll. This was no carrying cross NXT situation either because she was taken on Zelina Vega. It must have gone around about three minutes. She finished her off with the Storm one, which is a great move and will get super popular down the line. And she got the one, two, three. So now let's just do this week in, week out, week in, week out until she's ready to become the champ. You know, wrestling. You may also recall on the Money in the Bank ups and downs, I said, oh man, I'm now really excited to see Jimmy Uso versus Rey Mysterio, given how their pre-show match ended. And I got that here, kinda, because it was Jimmy Uso versus Dominic Mysterio. And it's always fun to see Dominic wrestle at the moment, because he's a bit like a kid at Christmas, like, oh my gosh, there's so many people. This was good. Now, if we are to believe the rumor mill, apparently in next year's WrestleMania is going to be Roman Reigns and an Uso taking on The Rock and another Uso. And if that is true, my word, Jimmy and Jay are going to be more protected than the Queen. We kind of did get a hint of that here. So this was kind of a shame because Dommy Boy does need a win at some point. But let's not forget, this is only like his third match in a live environment. And this dude is doing so well. So many people want to go, oh, he's only there because he's Rey Mysterio's kid. Of course, but it's not like he's living up to the billing. He's got the chops. Of course, Jay kept interfering on the outside because that's just how these things work. And when Rey Mysterio saw this happen, he went into daddy mode and he tried to protect his son. And I wanted to like squeeze in there and go, Rey, if you wanted to protect your son, Back in the day, you probably should have stopped bringing him to the show. He got murdered around about 39 times. And yes, look, by the time we got to the finish, it didn't go to plan. But my word, would you just let it go? Because Dominic went for a springboard. I think Jimmy Uso was meant to catch him in a Samoan drop. But instead, they kind of just kaplumped right on the floor. And then there was this bizarre attempt at the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment before Jimmy Uso did get it. And Jay did that weird foot thing, which is meant to assist his brother. And he really didn't. And the Usos won. I'm not going to get upset about mistakes, though, because one, wrestling is really hard. And if you haven't tried it and you want some evidence, go and do some wrestling. But also, two, do you think they wanted to do this? Do you think Jimmy whispered to Dominic, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to screw up the spot. <laughs> and it will be really funny. No, it didn't want to happen, and I'm sure when it did, they're like, oh no, and they felt bad within themselves. Stop wanting the world to burn. So this was a fun one-on-one match that I'm sure will build to another tag team match, although I do count that ending as a distraction, so bring down the distraction board, and it rolls up to 81. This has now become a negative in the community, of people going, oh, it means you hated things. No, it doesn't. It's just documenting that WWE does too many distraction finishes, and some of them are gonna be good, and some of them are gonna be bad, and some of them are just gonna be there. That one fits into this category. Of course, this meant Roman Reigns was gonna be our closing segment for the evening, and this character with a live atmosphere is even better than it already was. Because he was booed the absolute shib off as if we were back in 2016. And his one big thing, obviously, is that he just wants everyone to acknowledge him. And when they don't acknowledge him, he just gets more and more and more pissed off. I really like where this is going. His biggest problem with John Cena too is that now he has returned and he's nothing more than a nostalgia act. I mean, he's wearing the same clothes, he's doing the same entrance. It's the same old thing, like doing the missionary position 
every single night. Yep, that's what he said. So this is not the same Roman Reigns that had that first feud with John Cena all those years ago. He is now making sexual references. The fans went wild for this. And of course, it means next week, John Cena has to come out and go, no, man, missionary position. I like doing doggy style. I like doing the tombstone. That one would tie in. And he just has to list off a load. Like Chris Jericho back in the day. I mean, that's never going to happen, but it really should. Cena does have one thing right, though, and that's the fact that Roman can't see him because he's also not going to see him in the main event of SummerSlam because his answer to the challenge is no. My word, he is tremendous. You would assume at this stage as well it would be the return of John Cena for part two of the evening, but instead, in what has to be considered one of the most random things of the entire year, out came Finn Balor. What? Roman cracked me up straight away because he assumed that Finn was out here just to acknowledge him. And when Ballard told him that's not why I'm here, I honestly thought that Roman was going to get out some kind of laser gun and just shoot it right through Finn Balor's heart. He did not look very pleased. Balor did say, though, that if he wasn't going to accept Cena's challenge, maybe he'll accept one from him instead. And I couldn't work out how the hell that we got here. Of course, the fans were like, please do it, please do it. But Roman didn't hesitate. He got the microphone and said, sure thing. So I suppose either next week or at some point, on a future Smackdown, we are going to have a main event of Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor, and I don't even know how we got here. Now this is going to sound bizarre, and I don't know what I mean by this, I don't even know where it came from, but I have a sneaking suspicion that that thing is going to end with the return of The Fiend. I don't know, that's like me saying to you, oh, I'm a potato now, you're like, what are you talking about? I just had this weird feeling come over me, so I'm saying it now on the off chance I am right, because then everybody will think I rule. This was an awesome way to end SmackDown, and while it is absolute poppycock that John Cena wouldn't come out here, given how desperate he was to talk to Roman Reigns, there was so much energy from minute one to minute 120, or however long SmackDown goes on for, I don't even care. It was too good, it was too much fun, it was too entertaining, it was too much like a roller coaster. That's why overall is getting it up. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.